River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Niner Nuts. I'm Dan, here along with James. James, say hello. What's up, Niner Nation? We are back, and this is, let's call it part two of uh, bringing in new people to the roster. Uh, Our last episode, we talked about the people that we drafted from the 2023 draft, and now we're going to dedicate this episode to those who were not drafted. And as longtime NFL fans know, you don't have to be drafted to be a star in the league. So hopefully we found a diamond in the rough here and to help break down who, uh, at least the current list, uh, we are taping this on May the 1st. So just in case somebody got added and you're listening to this after the fact, that's your disclaimer. Omar is back with us from the hardware podcast. Once again, he was with us with the draftees. Omar say hello. Oh, again, uh, 49 faithful. <laughs> and just and just so you know, 49 and faithful, why we are like you said, why we particularly want to go over the undrafted free agent, John Randall, Hall of Famer, not drafted. Kurt Warner, Hall of Famer, not drafted. Tony Romo, not Hall of Fame, but also undrafted. Never won a playoff game, and he's a cowboy. <laughs> I don't want to mention him. I don't know why you mentioned him. Like, uh, Exactly for that. <laughs> like, That's, come on. That Eagles jersey is why I said Romo. <laughs> I mean, he never made it out of the divisional rounds of the playoffs. And yeah, no. Yo, a, a 10, 10 year starter. I mean, that's an accomplishment in itself. Let's, yeah. let's give him a little credit. <laughs> I mean, but Kurt Warner and John Randall are in the Hall of Fame. And they, they you know. Oh, of course. Yeah. John Randall, to get in the Hall of Fame as a defensive tackle, John Randall, that's that's just something saying something like, and Kurt Warner, you know, I mean, he took the Cardinals to the Super Bowl. He might as well have taken Slippery Rock Creek to the Super Bowl because they weren't going to get there either. Oh, I, I saw American Underdog. I know exactly how that was. And that was actually not a bad movie. The trailer made it look like it should have been on Hallmark. And it was actually a pretty good movie, honestly. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I no regrets. Um I only have the list in front of me as updated uh, as of today by uh, 49ers web zone. I don't know if uh, Omar James, you have a better, a better formatted list, a little easier on the eyes. I have to do a lot of scrolling for mine. I uh, I tried looking for one and I couldn't find one. So, um, well, I guess Omar, if you have a, I mean, I, I trust my list. I just have to scroll a lot, but um, let's see. I will go ahead and read the names that I have. You add on any names that I don't have. So far, the undrafted free agents, again, as of May 1st, are offensive lineman Joey Fisher from Shepherd University. Literally didn't know that that was a university until today. <laughs> <laughs> we also got offensive lineman Elm Manning from Hawaii. Uh, I hope I said his name right. Uh, we also got defensive back Avery Young from Rutgers. Uh, running back Ronald uh, Awat. I, I know we talked off mic about him. Uh, <laughs> I probably butchered that name, but he's from Utah. Um we got fullback slash linebacker Jake Coletto from Oregon State. Uh, center Corey Luciano from Washington. Defensive back Deshaun Jameson from Texas. Defensive lineman Spencer uh, Wage, Wedge, I cannot pronounce that, uh, North Dakota State. Uh, and then running back uh, Kalan Laybourne from Marshall. Uh, linebacker uh, Mariano, sorry, Marine, Minnesota. Oh, this is what a lack of show prep does for you people. Um, <laughs> here we go. 
the end of the list, wide receiver Shea Wyatt, or Wyatt uh, from Tulane. I'm going to stop talking now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I have not been able to do that much research on these guys. I was kind of letting the names come in. I knew that this was liable to like update any I, any minute throughout the next couple of days. Um, and I, I think we should talk about the most interesting one, Jake Coletto first. I mean, fullback, linebacker. And quarterback, all in his college career at Oregon State. I mean, you know, you got a guy that could come in for you and maybe be a Kyle's use check. He could be an El Shayer. And guess what? He could also be, you know, a backup quarterback because we all know you need four quarterbacks in this league. Christian McCaffrey threw a touchdown too. So, I mean, really, if you count that touchdown, we had five. <laughs> <laughs> But no, this is a really interesting list. Uh, the only person I really looked at, I was really interested in uh, the Tulane wide receiver uh, just because okay. Tulane had such a great year. Uh, his measurables were really interesting. Uh, 6'1", 190, so he's lean. But, um, I mean, he didn't look like a bad wide receiver from just a little bit that I uh, that I looked at. But, again, I I cannot say I'm a, an expert at all on these people. Um, so I'm kind of opening the floor to you, James and Omar, like, uh, actually Omar, let's, let's get the ball rolling. Who stands out to you? Who do we need to go ahead and get hyped for? So a hundred percent bias living here in El Paso, Ronald Awat. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, so Ronald Awat and Shay Wyatt for sure. So I'll, t- I'll first talk about uh, Ronald Awat. So, um, honestly, I think, I think that UTEP runs a very similar scheme philosophy uh, philosophically and personnel wise to the 49ers um compared to colleges like they they still use a fullback um james tupo is their, was their fullback a big samoan guy um they run three back sets at times they run two back sets out of out of the pistol and everything uh, and they ran a two back system they had uh, Deion hankins who was your power back your bruiser and then you had a watt the change of pace guy who averaged almost five yards per carry each year so uh, i mean I really don't think there's much of a scheme difference between UTEP and uh, the 49ers. I think AWOT will learn quick. AWOT has such great speed once he gets to the edge. I mean, it, it's like good luck once he gets to the edge. Um, so running him off tackle with with a use check leap blocking, um, so many possibilities. I think I think it's interesting too because the Niners are are just addicted to getting running backs, and I I, I guess I don't I don't blame them. You know, if you want to, I guess in a league it's all about networking. You know, keeping guys on the practice squad, you know, like keeping that relationship going, like uh, and giving those guys a shot. Um, so, I mean, if, if it works, I mean, I, I can see a uh, at the very worst being a practice squad guy. But um, if you, if you look at the, uh, the backfield of the Niners um, aside from, I mean, Mason's a power guy. Davis price is also a power guy. I mean, Mitchell and McCaffrey are your two um, pass catch, like kind of pass catching explosive backs. I mean, Awat fits in the Mitchell and uh, McCaffrey category for sure. So uh, hoping for the best for I'll, I'll be six on the roster, not just because he's a UTEP guy, not just because he's a local guy, but uh, but just because of potential he brings and just like the easy scheme fit. Uh, so Wyatt, I liked Wyatt a lot because I think Wyatt, like, like slowly, like uh, very quietly, Tulane has been producing some very uh, pro-level receivers. Uh, Darnell Mooney had an 1,000-yard year in 2020 for the, for the, for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Wyatt was a part of a good receiving group with um, with him, Deuce and Fat Watts, or their twins. And the way that that offense runs, I mean, it's similar to UTEP, not as similar as uh, – I mean, they don't use a fullback, but that offense thrives on the play-action game. And that's where Shea Wyatt made a lot of his money, not on the play-action game, but on the deep 
football, averaged almost, I think, 19 or 20 yards per catch in his college career. And Tulane's producing just deep threat receivers, like, I mean, as we saw with Darnell Mooney. So I, I like the potential there. But uh, as we talked about in the last draft podcast, uh, the Niners have, they don't really have that sort of jump ball threat at receiver. Uh, so it's hard to see where uh, Shea Wyatt would fit in. But if you need a jump ball receiver, um, I guess this is the last guy I'll talk about before I, I, I give up the space. Uh, J- Jadakus Bonds, or Jadakus Bonds from Hampton, who played in the East-West Shrine game. A very, very lean receiver, very tall, great jump ball skills. Caught a couple passes in the East-West Shrine Bowl. From what I saw in the Shrine Bowl and uh, in his in his highlights, I think he's just a great route runner because you'll see him on a post with about five to seven yards of separation. And, I mean, for a guy that's his size, that's that's tall, that's, that's, a, that's a taller, bigger receiver, I, I, I think I chalk that up to route running. So I like I like, I like Jadakus, Jadakus Bonds um, kind of like sneaking in. And he also, he also got some special teams reps in the East-West Shrine Bowl. Uh, covering kicks as well so definitely a guy that can fit on special teams first and then potentially be a difference maker in the red zone for the Niners Ooh, I like it I like it a lot I was actually looking at Shay's stats and I noticed that it seemed like at least from the numbers uh he was a deep guy because it was what just shy of 700 yards on 35 catches but he turned he literally had a touchdown every five catches, if I did my math right. Like, seven touchdowns on 35 catches. Like, I kind of yeah. like that. I kind of like that. I like the thought of that. I mean, I know we have some decent depth at wide receiver. Like, we didn't really get that great look at uh, uh, Danny Gray last year, even. Like, we got him out of SMU. He's another very fast, deep threat guy. Um, but no, if he could possibly be, like, a jump ball kind of guy... That would go against our mojo of like being the Yak Brothers, <laughs> because that's really how we that's really how we operate in the passing game. Just uh, play action or throw it short into an open field and let the receiver do all the work instead of Purdy or Jimmy. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but I I think in a Shanahan offense, he wants the pass and he wants to stretch the field and he wants. He wants to move the ball down the field and big chunks. He wants, he wants Julio back. He wants a Julio Jones again. He wants Julio Jones again, but you, you can't you can't recreate Julio Jones in with you know rounds three through seven and undrafted free agents. So you got to piece them together however you can. And I think you know what we saw with Danny Gray last year and what we're seeing with Shea Wyatt is. They want somebody who can stretch the field and who can burn people and make that catch deep, you know, to stretch the field because we just haven't had that in San Francisco. And we haven't had a quarterback that can hit that deep pass. So, you know, interesting enough, like we have Sam Darnold on the roster. We have Brock Purdy who might trade and Trey, any one of those guys, you know, you get them going, maybe they can hit the deep threat and they'll be able to hit Shea Wyatt in, in the end zone on a 50 or 60 yard pass, which would finally be exciting about Shanahan's offense. Well, let's just, let, let's just not forget. Uh, we still have Ray Ray McLeod on the roster too. Um, but if Danny Gray or if Shay actually cracks the roster, which I mean, obviously we can't say somebody is or isn't anymore after what happened with Purdy, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, that's what Ray Ray was supposed to be. He's obviously he was a, all pro he was an all pro and pro bowl returner he was i think he was like a that uh alternate if the pro bowl returner actually stepped out which he didn't but um so i mean he's he's locked in for there but i remember we did throw to him a few times trying to hit the deep ball like that so we're not 
we're only afraid to because of our capability. Like Purdy, for all as good as he was, Purdy's deep ball is probably the biggest thing that he was like struggling at. Intermediate and short, he and and uh, scrambling, like uh, improvising, A plus across the board. But no, Jimmy and him, we haven't gotten any better at the deep ball. <laughs> but I feel like that's more of the quarterback problem than anything. But um, but no, having more options that can do that and like get our quarterbacks, whether it is Sam who does have a cannon or Trey, we don't know what the hell Trey has anymore. Like he's been sitting on a shelf for three years. Like. <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, was there anybody else? Um, I guess James or Omar, like, uh, that really stood out to you, James. I know you want to talk about Luciano. Well, I do want to talk about Luciano, but I, I, I want to hear, I want to hear Omar talk about Jake Coletto because, you know, you got a, you got a fullback, a quarterback and a linebacker all in one player. So tell us what you know about Jake Coletto, uh, Omar. Yeah, so Jake Coletto. So my my first thought is, so I, I didn't I didn't watch much Oregon State. I watched uh, the Oregon State Oregon this year. Um, that's probably like the only Oregon State game I watched. But I knew of um Jake Coletto, or like not not by name, but that this guy. There's this guy in Oregon State that was a linebacker who took Wildcat snaps and played fullback and everything. So um, I knew of this guy. And then like looking at the Niners undrafted free agents list the day after the draft, I'm like, this guy didn't get drafted. While people like maybe there's some size concerns, maybe there's some other things that the that the scouts aren't seeing. But like in uh, I guess I feel like anytime you're building a roster, you want to like optimize the the you know the amount of I guess the amount that you get out of the roster, right? So getting a guy like Coletto who's a fullback can take wildcat snaps, plays linebacker, probably plays really good on special teams as well. Like that really confused me about why no team wanted to save a roster spot essentially, especially teams like the Niners, like the Raiders, like the Vikings or whoever whatever teams have fullbacks roster, the Ravens even. Um, confuse me, but for me, I feel like with with Kyle Shanahan being one of the more creative offensive minds of our generation, I feel like the possibilities are endless. The possibilities of deception are endless with Coletto. I mean, if you have him be a special teams guy, be a, a punt protector, but also as well, put him in a in a, in a formation with with Kyle Uzcheck, put him in formation with him at quarterback, where like where either one of them can take the snap, and maybe one of them runs it, maybe one of them throws it. Maybe Chris McCaffrey's in that as well, in that formation as well. So you have three guys who can potentially take a snap and throw a pass in one formation. Like I, I'm getting excited talking about it. I mean, Coletto, honestly, too, just uh, be it from a writer's perspective, from a college football guy perspective, just the heart and soul of one of the best Oregon Oregon State teams, a team that was honestly like so close to making their first Rose Bowl since 1965. Yeah, since 1965. I mean, like. Oh, I, I get there's that historian. There's that historian right there for you guys. So, like, I just, as we saw last year with the 49ers, they needed four quarterbacks to make it through the season. And I think just having a guy that's a Swiss Army knife on your roster, like, just adds to the 49ers' uh, roster that, you know, is something that. Like, okay, if if Brock Purdy goes down, if Trey Lance goes down, if Sam Dartle goes down, and you're in the NFC Championship game, well, here's this guy who played quarterback at the college level who may be able to come in and, you know, do some things for you. So I, I that's not why I li- really like the pick, because, you know, what we saw from the 49ers last year and how they were so depleted at quarterback to have another guy 
who can be on special teams, uh, probably that's where he's probably going to make his name, but come in and play quarterback in case something like that happens is really, I think that really bodes well for John Lynch uh, to go out and get this guy uh, because you never know what could happen. So basically we're going to use training camp to try out a potential, at least the ceiling could be that high at like a Taysom Hill 2.0 is basically what you're pitching to us. Yeah, cool. a, qu- a question question for you guys. So for me, I know this is like before my time, but uh, I've heard people talk about this guy on Twitter a lot. Um, I, I see Jack Coletto. I see a guy like Jim Jensen, Crash Jensen from the Dolphins in the 80s. I, I don't know if that's before you guys' time. Uh, that's a little bit before my time. Okay, okay, I, never I'm mind. In, never I'm, mind. In, I'm 44, but I don't remember Jim Jim Jensen from uh, the, the Dolphins, but... I mean, yeah, my my time was my time was like Peyton Manning. Like if it's before okay. if it's before 1998, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like late 80s, early 90s, but uh, kind of like that, like emergency guy, like emergency kind of court. I mean, quarterback. I mean, like just definitely, uh, definitely such an asset. Well, I would say I don't know if you remember Brian Mitchell. You've heard of Brian? Oh, Mitchell? yes. So yeah. like he was like the like there's a very famous game in Philadelphia called the body bag game where we played in the veteran stadium against the Washington Redskins when they were the Redskins and we knocked out all their quarterbacks. And the last one standing was Brian Mitchell, who was a running back slash returner coming in to play and finish quarterback in the body bag game. So if you're telling me that Jay Coletto is similar to something like that, I'm very excited because if you don't know 49ers fans, Brian Mitchell is second all-time to Jerry Rice in all-purpose yards in the history of the NFL. I I didn't know that. That's great. (laughs) Not a lot of people people (laughs) do, but if you're telling me we're getting Brian Mitchell and Jake Coletto, I'm very excited. Look at you leaving him speechless. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking through the list again, and... um, Another name that I really want to look at besides the two lane, I mean, besides what I said about the two lane receiver, um, do you have any notes on uh, Avery Young from Rutgers? I'm just curious because he's coming from the uh, he's coming from the Big Ten and my my college team, which clearly I have nothing to brag about is IU. So, um. <laughs> yeah, I so I mean, I, I did I watched whatever highlights I could efficiently watch, you know, in preparation for this, um, which was two minutes worth. Uh, of course, the Big Ten's like, I mean, it, I think the Big Ten get a little bit of everything. Like we talked in the draft podcast about like Michigan being a run heavy offense or relatively run heavy and a physical offense. You also get Ohio State who likes to air it out, of course, with um, their seemingly endless supply of receivers. So I saw in the highlights with uh, with Young, I, I saw him more as like kind of like, a, I guess, um, I wouldn't say like a, a Hafunga type guy, but a guy that can that can like get the ball out, you know, that's good at forcing fumbles, adept at forcing fumbles, forcing turnovers. Um, but we also talked about how the Niners brought in a, a healthy, a healthy variety of defensive backs to potentially move around and replace uh, Jimmy Ward, the the hole that Jimmy Ward left. So um, that that's really all I have to say about Young. I mean, there really wasn't much for me to say other than that. I, I'm more excited, I guess, about uh, Jamison from a defensive back perspective, but. Okay. Um, because Jamison, he looks like a like a better open field tack, tackler, uh, but also more so for the return game because Jamison has three career um, return touchdowns. And, of course, like Ray-Ray McLeod does double duty returning punts and kicks. So it would yeah. be good to have that insurance like during the season, have Jamison, um, you know, maybe be a, a nickel, a nickel back and, or maybe be on the practice squad or, or whatever. 
but um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's really not much to say. I think I think for the defensive backs, but I mean, the verdict the verdict's still out. I think. Okay. Well, our our roster like most desperately needs a nickel because we had Jimmy as the nickel. Um, because of I don't know if you followed us during the season, but uh, Jimmy basically was going to be out of a job because Diamador Lenore was going to be our nickel and perfect world. Jason Verrett was supposed to be our number two with Lord. Um, but obviously Verrett never got healthy. And then uh, E-Man stepped up and E-Man congrats Lions. You got a really good corner. If he's healthy from his ACL tear, he tore his ACL. So Diamador went out to the outside and that's when Jimmy got his job to be in the nickel. Now Jimmy's with the Texans. We're not, a hundred percent sold on Diamador. I I mean, I know I've been particularly hard on him. He's definitely the weak, the weak point out of the rest of the backs who are all pretty good. The only thing against Gibson's his age, uh, Hufunga and Ward are excellent, but anyway, um, but yeah, that's what it's, it's not so much replacing Diamador. It's the nickel, but both of them are definitely, if somebody's better than Diamador, I don't see us having a problem benching him. So, so that's why I was curious really about him. Um, but anyway, just uh, I guess one last glance at the list here. Um, no one really stands out uh, or is sparking any thought of, for me. Uh, James, Omar, either of you guys um, have any last thoughts or uh, things to say real quick? Hope you're muted, sir. James, <laughs> you're, muted. You're muted. You're muted. You are muted, sir. Okay, guys, sorry. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I wanted to talk about Corey Luciano because, like, he came out, like, his announcement to be an undirected free agent came in a tweet that had uh, had another person in it. So I was like, well, why, why are we just, like, blurbing this guy and not talking about him? So I decided to try to find film. Couldn't find film. So I had to look up uh, Texas versus the University of Washington uh, highlights from the Alamo Bowl. And what I saw was pretty promising. You saw defensive line-wise, Texas had one of the best defensive lines in the country last year. And you saw this, I watched this guy sort of like handle the defensive line from Texas. And so I thought he was really impressive. Um, He could get to the second level. He was big. Um, he picked up the blitz well and just the highlights. So I just sort of wanted to know what Omar thought of uh, Corey Luciano. Yeah, so that was that was one of the bowl games I didn't really get to. I didn't get to watch because uh, we're, we're doing our family bowl trip to San Diego for the holiday bowl. Um, I know I know UW fans probably gonna hate me for choosing to watch Oregon's bowl instead of Washington. Not not my <laughs> intention, but um so yeah, I, I think I think Luciano, I think definitely like um I think the pass pro is definitely great there because of the year that Michael Penix had. Uh Michael Penix, of course, in my opinion, being my Heisman favorite for this next year, uh throwing for over like four thousand yards as well. So I, I like Luciano, but I think I think this is a good opportunity for me to like to highlight the lineman that I like. I liked uh, Joey Fisher from Shepard a lot. And I'm sure I think that was a guy that had potential to be a late round pick because he went to the NFL PA bowl, went to the I think the Hula Bowl too. Or I think it was NFLPA Bowl, and then he went to the Senior Bowl. So Senior Bowl for a guy like uh, for a guy from a college like Shepard, huge deal. Um, so I mean, so, I, there's no doubt. So I understand. Where does Shepard rank? Is it Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three? What What is Division it? Division Two. They're they're Division Two. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to 
no, clarify no worries. That. Yeah, so um, I, I, th- I think I like I like his potential a lot, just being naturally a guy that naturally likes small colleges, of course, you know. But um, but yeah, like I think I think both linemen are definitely interesting prospects. I think you can't go wrong with even Ill Manning as well, a guy that that they're that the Niners will probably try at both interior positions, guard and center. And this is I, I think Manning is a very intelligent player because he's had to learn three offensive schemes in the past three years. Like he's had to learn the run and shoot. He's had to learn a very RPO-based system with a Todd Gramma head coach uh, for Hawaii. And then he had to go back to learning sort of a hybrid run-and-shoot offense this past year with Timmy Chang, uh, former Eagles preseason great Timmy Chang, um, <laughs> <laughs> coaching oh Hawaii gosh. this year. So I, I like I like the potential. I think I think Manning's going to learn quick, and I feel like um, that might that that might help him a good amount in uh, in preseason camp. I like the sound of that because. Um... I said our offense was set, but short version of this, we could definitely use some extra depth in across the board. Trent Williams is getting older. He's Jesus Christ. He's going into his age 33 season. Uh, our center, Jake Brendel, he's, he's not a spring chicken, but he's not old yet. And uh, obviously right tackle uh, is kind of up in the air. So having us uh, losing McGlinchey, that's an open roster spot like Jimmy's. So trying to see who's going to best fit the void there, uh, who's going to be good depth for Bankser and Buford, who both had amazing seasons for very young players, a rookie in a second year. Uh, but having some depth behind them is definitely necessary because I remember Banks went down for a little bit. Buford had a little bit of an ankle something. Um, so no, that's um, it was interesting we didn't draft any of these guys. I was surprised. I was very surprised, frankly, that we didn't draft any offensive linemen. But seeing that we're filling it out with the undrafted free agents, that is a little reassuring. But it's also reassuring, too, that we believe in this offensive line, whoever ends up being right tackle, at least like the four guys that we had that are coming over from next year, which four out of five is frankly not bad. We really believe in these guys though. And honestly, they should, they, they definitely, if they weren't a top five, like they were like the sixth best offensive line last year. So then anyway, then uh, (laughs) with that, um, I guess, I guess I'll just ask one more time uh, since we're getting close to our cutoff time. Any last thoughts from any of y'all there? Like I said, I don't know these undrafted free agents quite as well as either of you. Um, no, I mean, one guy I, I guess I did miss was Kate was uh, Kalan Laybourne. Um, 300 carries, 1,500 yards from Marshall this year. So that's a guy that uh, can take a heavy workload. So I think, uh, I think we'll see a very interesting preseason running back battle between him and Ronald Awad. Uh, for maybe that final roster spot, maybe one of the final roster spots, but that's definitely um, something I'm looking forward to in the preseason. Ooh. Well, uh, we jumping we, at the bit of Davis Price because Davis Price was definitely on the bubble. Well, yeah, and that just you know they they always have somebody on the bubble, and we know the 49ers are willing to cut somebody even after a short uh, period of uh, sample size because. Trey Sermon was on the roster for about 40 carries and then he got, he got cut. And so Jamichael hasty too. Yeah. So the 49ers, when it comes to running back, I have like this revolving door of the bubble guy. And so I think uh, that'll be an interesting mix into um, David price and you know, what he, what he contributed last year and to see what he might see what they might do. I like it. This is Man, we're three months away from training camp. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm so excited to get there now. So, well, you should be because of your roster, your beloved Eagles. You, ugh, I hate how good a draft you guys had. <laughs> anyway, yeah. 
uh, we're getting at the end, guys. Um, we're doing a new thing. We're coming at you in little shorter bursts, uh, a couple body blows, uh, so to say. But um, <laughs> but yeah, um, that's our thoughts on the undrafted free agents, everybody. Uh, James, go ahead and remind everybody where they can reach out to us before we get in their ears again. All right, guys, you're going to want to look at the description in the uh, profile of the show to reach out to us at bonfire.com for our apparel, uh, Twitter, email, all of that. Leave us a five-star review. We will read every five-star review on the show. Uh, You can reach out to us on our email address as well. Uh, But please give a like, give a subscription to our show, uh, and check us out on Twitter. And Omar plug anything and everything that you would like uh, to plug, let everybody know where they can uh, check you out. Yeah. So you can check out me and my co-host Jackson on the hardware pod on the hardware pod on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, don't have a Twitter account for the uh, the podcast yet. Well, we both operate off our personal Twitters, which uh, mine is Omar Sean Borja. Uh, and then Jackson's is uh, Jackson underscore Danner. So just follow us there and uh, check out our podcast and content um you know just got diverse content also i also do some writing with a red shirt sports.xyz so that that's it and then like i said on the last show guys there is no greater historian of college football than omar follow him watch his documentaries just if you if you are a football college football nerd like omar you're gonna love him just keep keep doing what you're doing omar Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, if I could blush, I would. Um, but I'm doing uh, do, I'm doing the version of blushing that that you know my people do. <laughs> and just just so you know, one of one of our listeners is actually the guy who uh, does our out, intro and outro music, Justin Muth. And Justin, just so you know, Omar is wearing a Lafayette University shirt sweatshirt right now. You and I both know we're from Eastern Pennsylvania. Lafayette College is the top university there. So I just wanted to let Justin know because he's an avid listener. He does our outro music. And just to let you know how much Omar is a fan of college football, he's wearing a Lafayette University shirt. I love it. Omar, we're going to have all your plugs in the episode uh, show notes as well in the description. Uh, Listeners, uh, this is part of the new format. Uh, Like I said, we're coming at you quick. not sure exactly what we're going to be talking about next time we're in your ears. Uh, obviously, we're going to be doing a schedule episode closer to the maybe date of the 11th. May 11th, no- maybe. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers were the main reason that that was being held up, and now they're squared away. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But, um, but yeah, no, we're um, we're trying out new things. We appreciate the patience. We appreciate uh, sticking with us. Uh just kind of new year, new look, new us, trying out some new things. Uh, you might see us uh, on a little bit more of a social media presence as well. We're we're tinkering with things. That's what I'm trying to say. So thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for listening. Uh, we are going to be back in your ears uh, as soon as possible. Outro music, River Road, Justin Muth. See you next time. River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long.